if you grew up in the suburbs or have ever stayed in the suburbs or in a remote area and it's nighttime and you're looking out the window and all you can see is kind of like darkness and maybe your reflection a little bit. But if you're like me, do you ever stop and wonder if there might possibly be someone standing in your yard looking right back at you through the window? Well, today's story kind of explores that fear that you're being watched. So if you're home alone pretty often, then maybe listen to this episode at your own discretion. Whoa, that's freaky. Check this out. Isn't it freaky? Oh my gosh, look over there. That is so freaky. Hello, and welcome to Freaky Wiki, a podcast exploring the freakiest wiki pages on the internet. I'm your host, Jeff, and this week's episode is another urban legend that has haunted me for at least 20 years. I think I may have explained this in one of my previous urban legends episode, but I wanted to blame or not really blame, blame slash thank my cousin Katie for scarring me for life with this story when she was babysitting me and my sisters like years ago. uh, I was probably a little bit too old to be babysat, but I did have two younger sisters and I wasn't old enough to watch them on my own. So my cousin Katie would oftentimes come over to my parents' house and watch us. But I want to say this was like the year 2000. So I might've been eight years old. Okay. So I was, I was definitely too young to stay home alone. So forget everything I just said. So in around the year 2000, my cousin Katie was babysitting and she brought over, I want to say some kind of like teen cosmopolitan magazine. I don't know. But on the cover was an advertisement for the movie Urban Legends Final Cut, which was a sequel to Urban Legends, which came out in the 90s. And these movies incorporate urban legends into the storylines. Like, there's a killer that's killing people based on very famous urban legends. Um, So in that magazine, there were actual, like, quote-unquote real urban legends that kind of have been, like, passed down through, like, generations. Um, So the story I'm about to share with you was one of those urban legends that I remember so vividly uh, from that magazine. And anytime I'm home alone... Um, or like even staying at my parents' house and it's like nighttime and it's just very quiet outside. I just can't help but think that I, if someone was staring at me through the window, I wouldn't be able to see them because it was so dark. But on like a snowy evening, then maybe you will actually see someone if they are standing in your yard looking in. So again, yes, this is another urban legend episode where I, I will share the, the legend with you and also some possible truth behind it, or maybe I will debunk it. Um, I pulled this information from a variety of sources. Uh, this is a very, very popular urban legend. It's terrifying. Um, and now that it's winter time, and if it ever snows, it'll make the story that much more realistic and possibly plausible. I'm sure it has happened at some point, but again, I will share any truth that there is to the story, um, but it is a scary one. Also, Sprout is kind of, I'm recording in the living room right now, and Sprout is just exploring and chomping on some bones and some toys, so if you hear any rustling or weird noises in the background, it's Sprout. Um, So I guess this episode's kind of featuring a special guest, and that is my dog. Uh, Okay, so let's get into the urban legend, and then we'll get into some variations of it, and also maybe where this urban legend kind of originated, if there's any truth to it. Also, just one quick note, um, I did pull this urban legend from a few different sources, and I kind of just like merged it all together just for storytelling purposes. So I've, I did kind of 
rewrite it in my own voice a little bit just to kind of make it flow a little bit better so it's not like I'm reading straight from an article. All right, let's get into it. So legend has it that one extremely snowy night, a teenager was home alone babysitting her little sister. Around 9.30 p.m., she put her sibling to bed. She then went back downstairs to watch more television, so she sat down on the couch and started channel surfing. The story, again, I believe takes place in, like, the 90s or early 2000s, so there was no cell phones or, or computers, really. Um, so watching TV or reading a book or a magazine were likely the most accessible form of entertainment. So this girl, let's just call her Cindy, because <laughs> as I was writing the script earlier, I was on the phone with a woman named Cindy at the Jeep dealership to discuss my leasing options. Anyways, so Cindy... Uh, she noticed a beautiful snowy scene outside of the sliding glass doors leading out to her backyard. So the way that the couch was positioned, it was um, parallel to the sliding glass doors. And then the TV was like in the corner. So when you're sitting on the couch, you you have a direct view of these sliding glass doors looking out into the backyard. So Cindy became completely entranced by the falling snow. She then turned off the TV, grabbed a blanket, wrapped it around her, and she just watched the wintry wonderland in silence. And this honestly sounds so relaxing. I would love to snuggle up with some tea, a good book, and just watch the snow. But maybe not with what happens next. <laughs> so Cindy then notices some movement in her backyard. A nondescript figure was moving around. And if this was me... Uh, and I was at my dad's house, let's say, I probably would have thought it was a deer or something. He has a bunch of windows, and deer occasionally pay him a little visit. So that would maybe be my first thought. But also, as a fan of horror movies, I would immediately maybe jump to the conclusion that it was a psychopath with a machete. <laughs> but in this story, this was no deer, as the figure got closer, Cindy noticed that it was a man dressed in all black, face covered, walking towards the glass doors with a shiny object in his hand. Squinting so she can get a better idea of what was happening, she then saw the malicious look on the guy's face. Oh, <laughs> so his face wasn't covered. I think I did add that little detail about his face being covered because I think uh, like the anonymity of like who it was would have been scarier. Okay, but his face wasn't covered. So she saw a very like malicious, evil intent, like look on his face. But again, this is an urban legend that may or may not have happened. So as the story is told over the years, details are misconstrued or altered. Um, but again, I'll share some like true facts about the tale at the end of this episode. I think I wrote the script last week and I can't really remember how it ends, but you know what? It'll be a surprise for all of us. Okay. Sorry for all the tangents. I get distracted e easily. Um, Sam, my boyfriend, is working from home today, so he's in the other room. So he just, like, walked in the door. So there's a lot happening. All right, back to Cindy on the couch. So she sees this man outside walking towards her, like, walking towards the sliding glass doors. And her heart was racing as the man approached the glass doors. She quickly covered herself with a blanket and began silently praying for the man to go away. Please go away. Please go away. Get out of here, she said. Um, I'm assuming. <laughs> so she then took a peek behind the blanket and was shocked to see that the man was standing at the sliding glass door, staring at her motionless with this blank but malicious look in his eyes. She covered her face again with the blanket, and after what seemed like an eternity, she finally removed the blanket and saw that he was gone. There was no sign of the man outside. Petrified and shaking, she began wondering if she was hallucinating. 
Acting on instinct, she then called the police. When they arrived, Cindy, who was now traumatized, met them at the front door and explained that there was a man in the projection room above the auditorium. Just kidding. <laughs> I was, I, something just possessed me to say that. <laughs> but no, so when the two officers arrived, oh, that was a Mean Girls quote. I, I just have an endless, like, reel of quotes from early 2000 movies in my head at all times, so apologies. But when the two police officers arrived, she told them that there was a man standing in the snow in her backyard, staring at her through the sliding glass door. So one officer went around to the backyard to investigate while the other one investigated inside. Cindy waited inside with the officer who was inside. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so good at storytelling. <laughs> okay, no, actually this is terrifying. So back to being serious. So when the other officer returned from outside, the news was rather grim. He told her, I'm afraid I can't find any footprints in the yard. With this snowfall, they would not have disappeared so quickly. Cindy knew she wasn't going crazy. She said, I definitely saw a man standing at the door. Panic swept the room when the other officer called them into the room where Cindy was on the couch. There were wet spots on the carpet and a larger wet spot behind the couch. Upon closer examination, they could all see that the wet spots were actually footprints. The man that Cindy saw wasn't outside. He was standing behind the couch the entire time, and what Cindy saw was his reflection in the sliding glass doors. The end. Question mark. <laughs> question mark, question mark, question mark. Okay, so I actually have chills, and it's probably, one, because I turned off the heat in my apartment so that the sound of the fan didn't interfere with this audio, but also this story just added to those chills. And again, this story has haunted me for years. The fact that like she thought that this man was outside in her yard, but he was actually standing behind her in the house the entire time. And what she saw was a reflection. It's, it's absolutely terrifying. I'm sure this has happened. So let's get into it because let's see if there is any truth to this story. If you've heard this story before or some variation of it, um, it might remind you of the 1970s movie with Carol Kane titled When a Stranger Calls. And you, whether you've seen it or not, you all know the famous line, the call is coming from inside the house. But it's there's a chance that the person who started this so-called urban legend has seen one too many horror movies. <laughs> um, plot twist, it was me. I started the urban legend. Just kidding. But I do love a good urban legend. So let's get into the origin. According to some sources, the oldest sighting of this urban legend dates back to 2000, yet this campfire tale may be older than that. This yarn of a grisly murder, barely averted, always takes place on a snowy or rainy night when a teen girl is either on her own or has a younger sibling or or is just in a very isolated area. And I literally just forgot that there was a that she had a younger sister in the story because it was not mentioned again or acknowledged at all in these articles that I was reading. Um, after that, after the younger sibling was put to sleep, because you think that that would be kind of important to like maybe check on her, wake her up. I don't know. But yeah, when the unidentified man in the story is armed, he's usually wielding a knife or a meat cleaver, which is sure to produce a gruesome end to anyone these weapons are used on. When the girl spots the menacing face in the window, the girl attempts to shield herself from the man's gaze by hiding under a blanket. 
depending on how the story is told, she's either calls the police while under the blanket or does so after emerging from her protective covering. I think in the original story that I heard years ago, there was a, a telephone. Of course, it was wired because this was like the 90s or 2000s. And she it was next to the couch. So she like grabbed the, the phone and, and called 911 while under the blanket, which I feel like would have been the most productive thing to do, I guess. I mean, I wouldn't want to take my eyes off of this killer or whoever he was. But yeah, the the danger that she was hiding herself from was a lot closer than it appeared. So while this is a tale meant to send icy fingers down one spine, it's most likely pure fiction for a few reasons. A real knife-wielding attacker probably wouldn't halt in his tracks just because his intended victim pulled a blanket over her head. <laughs> Where did she go? I can't see her under this blanket. <laughs> she was here a second ago. <laughs> But um, if it was Michael Myers or, like, some crazy person who liked to torment his victims, then I feel like maybe they would stop in their tracks and just, like, stare at their, their, at their prey motionless. But I do think that this is pretty unlikely. Also, she probably would, would have heard him or, like, saw the footprints or something a lot sooner before the police arrived. Like, she had to walk to the front door, so I'm assuming she, like possibly walked in the direction of where the this intruder also walked so there would have been snow snowy footprints in the house um but maybe there's a chance like the tv was on during this whole ordeal and she didn't actually turn it off like the story said so maybe the tv the sound of the tv kind of drowned out that the noise and also maybe i'm sure the lights were off too so maybe she wouldn't have seen the footprints Okay, so it seems pretty plausible right now. In all the variations that exist so far, at least what I could find, only in one of them does the frightened teen do anything to protect herself other than hide under a blanket and call the police. In a 2005 version, after calling the police, she runs upstairs to her room and locks herself in. Um, and in that specific story, I don't think there was any mention of a younger sibling. But... What all these murdering madmen legends have in common is that the prey is usually a female and the stalker is usually a male. And this probably has less to do with sexism than it does with the immediate understanding of the victim's vulnerability in contrast to the killer's quote-unquote superior power. I mean, it kind of does sound a little sexist, but I understand back then a lot of movies, the villain or like the killer was always male and there's usually like in horror movies there's like a, a you know a final girl who's like the the heroine or like the girl that is the victim in the in the storyline but thinking back over like more recent times there have been a lot of terrifying female characters in movies over the past few years so if a, a guy was the victim in a more modern telling of the story and the woman was the villain i could see it being just as effective like imagine seeing samara from the ring or like the nun from The Conjuring outside of your window. I would be terrified. I mean, I'd also be terrified if it was a man too, but women could be equally as terrifying. But now that I mention it, the two figures I just named were supernatural entities. So whoever was on the couch would be vulnerable regardless of the gender of the killer, supposed killer. We, also, we don't know what his intentions were. But despite any gender involved with, with the killer and victim, 
Um, upon hearing these legends, we mentally cast ourselves in the role of the person it happened to. And by making the mythical victim appear both especially at risk and not all capable of protecting themselves, we more clearly express our own fears of the world around us and our personal sense of being vulnerable to attack. Yeah, again, this is like a very real scenario that I'm sure has happened. But whether you saw the intruder or just saw remnants of the intruder, I would be absolutely terrified. And also I would just feel so violated to know that someone broke into my apartment or house. And again, I think I mentioned this um, in a previous episode, but I need to get my cousin on this podcast because he has an experience where he found an intruder in his house. And I just need him to retell the story because he lived through it and it's absolutely terrifying. Um, and I need to get him on and I won't mention his name because I don't know if he wants me to share it yet, but maybe in the future episode, he'll come on. Um, so anyway, that's the story of the man behind the sliding glass doors or the man outside. Ooh, what am I going to call this episode? Okay. The man outside. I think that's a lot better and more concise than man behind the sliding glass doors. Okay. This story is actually called, like if you were to Google, it's called The Man in the Reflection, Urban Legend. However, The Man in the Reflection as a title immediately spoils a twist. So we're just going to call it The Man Outside. I just decided right this moment. So thank you for brainstorming some title options with me. Anyway, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Freaky Weeky. I'll see you next time for a brand new episode. In the meantime, remember to lock the doors, lower the blinds, and stay freaky.